Hey everyone, welcome to the Traveling Developer Podcast, Episode 3. In our first two episodes, we went over cryptocurrencies, what my top three picks were for 2018 and beyond. And now I kind of want to switch gears and go to the traveling part of the Traveling Developer. And a little note to whoever's listening to this right now in my early stage, uh, stick with me. I am saying, I notice I'm saying um and pausing a lot and I'm just trying to get a little bit better about it. So I need one of those like dog collars that electric you that every time you say the word um or eh. uh, so stick with me, I'm going to improve and uh, let's get to it. So this episode, I'm going to give my top five destinations that I've been in in 2016 and 2017 combined. I was just going to do 2017, but there's a specific location in 2016 that I wanted to include in my trip, so I kind of combined them, cheated a little bit, and then I'll also go over some trips that I have planned this year that I'm super excited about, and I'll give reasons behind each place that I like and a reason why, and then why I want to go to these destinations in the coming future. So a little bit of background about myself. I kind of went over it in the first podcast, but I was a developer in New York City, and then in December of 2016, I quit to do freelance full-time and trying to make money while traveling. So in the past year, I've been to a bunch of locations. I started off with living in Argentina, Buenos Aires, Argentina for a month. Then I went to Peru for a month, and in between, I hiked up Machu Picchu, which was amazing. So, and then after that, I took a couple weeks off and went to Europe, where we went to Copenhagen, Paris, Berlin, Germany, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, uh, the Amalfi Coast, Lisbon, Prague, and then, yeah, so those are some of my locations, and then, of course, all over the United States, uh, LA a couple times, Seattle, Miami, Philly, New York, um, and a bunch of others, but the ones I really focus on is traveling abroad in some major cities within the United States, which is actually ones on my list. So let's get to it. These aren't really in any specific type of order because my top three are kind of mumbled together. I could really put any of them as my number one city. Actually, I could put any five of them as my number one city, so they're not in any order at all. And we're going to start with number five. So my number five location is Berlin, Germany. This year I was there for a week and a half. I had a client out there, so that was a good excuse to go to Germany and a couple of the places while I was around there. And it's my second time in Berlin, Germany, and I just love it. It's I feel like any of these places that I go to and I really love, it's, it's because I could picture myself living there for a couple of months. And that's kind of what I did in Argentina. I lived there for a month. So Berlin, Germany has a very uh, Brooklyn-like vibe. Graffiti all over the place. Uh, A lot of smaller music venues. Um, The only thing I don't like about it, I guess, is obviously in the wintertime, you probably don't want to go because it gets freezing. Um, And I'm trying to always go to that next destination that has beautiful weather, and that's not one in the wintertime. And the city is very spread out. So you could go from one side of the city to the other in a taxi, and it might take you like 40, 45 minutes, uh, probably even longer during rush hour. It's, just, it's a large city, and it's very spread out. There aren't a lot of skyscrapers. So it's instead of building up, they're building out. 
But that's also what makes it cool because there's a lot of smaller parts of the city that you could kind of explore that aren't jam-packed like some of the other cities I have on this list. And you could find like lo super local stuff. And the cool thing is if you don't travel that much and a little worried about not knowing the local language and getting around and being able to do stuff, Berlin is a perfect place to start because there are a ton of expats specifically that I met from New York City and that are living full-time in Berlin and don't know a word of German. So if they can get by living there and working there without knowing German, I'm sure you can get there, get by with no problem for a couple of days or a week or a month or however long you stay there. Everyone knows English, and that's kind of the case throughout all of these main locations in Europe, which is cool at one part. You don't have to worry about learning another language at the same time. Me, personally, I kind of want to be forced to learn the language and figure out my way through it. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, so yeah, number five, Berlin, Germany. Very grungy five in a good way. Hipsterish, I guess you could say, and very much like Brooklyn, if you've ever been to Brooklyn, New York. Number four is my Buenos Aires. So I was, that's where I lived when I was in Argentina for all of February. And I kind of went there on a whim. I didn't really know much about it, so my I had no expectations um, outside of I actually looked on the map to see where, to make sure I knew where it was. And I saw it was on the water, so I expected there to be some beaches. So that was probably my only downside of Argentina. You, It's right on the water, but there are absolutely no beaches, and I wouldn't recommend going in the water at all because it's not very nice. Uh, it's not very clean. But that's because it's a major city right in the water. It's like saying it's like saying going to New York City and not going in the water. It's the same thing. Um, I guess it just caught me off by surprise because I wasn't really expecting it. I was expecting warm weather because it was their summertime in f February when it was cold here. But that definitely wasn't the case. Uh, what about what else about Buenos Aires? Um, it's the architecture there is very reminiscent of the French. So some of the streets look like you're walking through the streets of Paris because there's a lot of they took a lot of architecture from there. And the place I stayed was called Palermo. And if you go to Buenos Aires, I would absolutely recommend staying in Palermo because everything was in within walking distance. There's so many like small little restaurants, shops. You could basically just stay there the entire time and not explore the other parts of the city. I wouldn't recommend it, but you would still have an awesome time if you did. And then there's the other parts of the city where there's there may not be any beaches, but there's tons of parks, outdoor parks, um, where I would rant, run through every day. And everyone was learning to rollerblade, so it kind of felt like the 80s a little bit from the United States in Buenos Aires, Argentina. But it was awesome. It has a it's very chill vibe. The one thing I thought was funny, I feel like it sums up the very chill vibe in that there were no dogs that I saw walking in public on leashes. They look like wild dogs, but their owner would just be a couple hundred feet behind walking along, and then if they got too far, they would come back to the owner, which was crazy. Um, you don't see that here at all in the United States, which is kind of annoying. I thought it was really cool, something stupid. But, yeah, so Buenos Aires, Argentina, and more specifically, Palermo. 
so many good restaurants. Uh, I couldn't recommend it more. And one specific one called Chori. Oh, awesome. Awesome sandwiches. I miss them so much. I still follow them on Instagram and get really hungry every time I see their, they post a photo. So number three, um, I kind of want to, okay, for number three, I'll give this specific location because that's where I just was, and that is Lisbon, Portugal, but I kind of want to group all of Lisbon, Barcelona, the Spain, Portugal region into one, and if I can do that, that would be my number one place because beautiful weather, beautiful people, amazing food tapas all over the place and you have the beaches all around perfect weather almost i mean it's still it gets a little chilly in the wintertime but in the summertime it doesn't get too hot doesn't get too cold it's just perfect and then uh for when i was in europe the second time this summer my last stop was in lisbon and i had zero expectations and i'll be honest the only reason why I went to Lisbon was because it was a cheaper flight back home than my previous destination of Italy. So I had zero expectations. I knew nobody. I just booked the only hostel that I knew about. And I don't know what it was, but everything just seemed to work out perfectly. The hostel was right downtown. Everything was in walking distance, basically two blocks from the water. You couldn't really go swimming, but you could. There was a path to run um, along, so that view was absolutely amazing. I think the last day I was there, I just ran like eight miles, and then stopped at a couple restaurants along the way, and then finished the the second half of the eight mile run on the way home. And it might have been one of my favorite days, period, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was just super chill, perfect weather, exploring new places, restaurants, the food, everything I had that day was amazing. I didn't look up anything on Yelp except for, uh, or I guess I looked up one thing. I had a friend that was just there and recommended the Pastis de Blem, which is the, the largest cream tart like place. If you look it up on TripAdvisor, that'll probably be the number one location to visit. Um, in Lisbon and there wasn't a ton of people there but the line went super fast and it's just these cream pastries and they're amazing put a little powdered sugar and some cinnamon sugar on it so good not really great to eat right before a run but completely worth it and just just another one of these things that I met a couple people in the hostel I feel like I went out with a couple different people the first couple nights and did different things around the city and it was just awesome there was one bar called I think it was just called rooftop bar and I was just happened to be walking by so I'd look at the closest bar and it said rooftop bar I was like perfect then I show up to the address and it's a parking garage so I figured oh I walked along the side maybe it's like part of the bottom section of the parking garage no walked around like three times and I saw another group of people looking for the same thing and I sh figured hey, why not just walk up the stairs of the parking garage to the different levels to see if there's anything on any of the levels turns out it's a regular parking garage but on the top floor instead of cars it's this huge outdoor bar looking along the 
the entire city. And since it's on a hill, you can just see everything, and it's just awesome. They had a live DJ, super chill vibes. Um, it was just the whole trip was pretty amazing. Awesome food, and super affordable. I didn't even mention that in my last two. Um, Berlin is pretty affordable because there's just so many places, big city, so spread out. Argentina was average. It wasn't super cheap or super expensive. Uh, Lisbon was pretty cheap, and I would definitely recommend there. It's a great place if you're on a budget. I honestly only spent, I think, on their hostel $12, $13 a night on it. Granted, I may have, if I did it again, I'd probably stay at a little bit nicer one just because they are so much cheaper. But Lisbon also has, I think, three of the top 10 hostels in the whole world. Uh, so they're still super nice compared to a lot of the hostels or hotels or Airbnbs that I've been in in some of these places. Uh, number two. So this is a little bit cheating because I did live there for two years. And number two would be New York City. I feel like everywhere I go, I either compare it to where I, where I grew up in Philadelphia and where I am now and compare it to Philadelphia and compare it to New York City. And you can't really compare anything to New York City just because of how freaking large it is and how many things there are to do. I lived there for two years and I feel like I still didn't get to see everything. And I, I still go up there all the time to visit friends and do different things around the city. And I feel like I still find something new every single time I'm there. And one of the, I think one of my favorite stats, I don't even know where I read this, but I, I like to tell people that maybe I just made it up. Who knows? But one of my favorite stats is if you went to every single restaurant, if you try to go to every single restaurant in New York City, let's just say you went to one restaurant a day every day until you, until you hit all of them. It would take you at least seven years. And then once that seven years was up, you would, could just start all over again because 90 to 95% of those restaurants would be closed and new ones would be open up in their spot. And that's just like, that's just mind blowing how many places there are. Uh, there's so many good restaurants, or so, I just mentioned that, so many good restaurants, but so many good uh, concert venues as well. MSG is a huge one. I'm not a huge fan of that because it's so large, but uh, Terminal 5 is one that was right down the street for me and I'll go to all the time. Have a, a ton of large bands playing there. And it's quite a small, medium-sized venue with a different couple different levels, and it's just awesome. Uh, there's some in Lower East Side, and there's a ton in Brooklyn. I feel like I lived in Manhattan for the two years, so I didn't really get to explore Brooklyn as much as I would have liked to. But every time I go up now, I try to like go explore something new in Brooklyn or different sections of Brooklyn. Uh, but I guess my if I were to recommend any specific part of New York, it would be West Village or West Village for, I guess, a little higher end. There's a lot of stores and nice restaurants. But if you want to spend a little bit less money, probably Lower East Side. Um, there's a ton of nice restaurants and bars and shops, but it's kind of the more grungier Brooklyn-ish type of vibe because it's below uh, West Village. There's not a ton of trains that go down there. But there's some awesome bars, awesome shops, and there's some really nice hotels that are actually just popping up down there. It's getting a little bit, it's getting, actually it's getting a lot nicer. Um, 
but I would definitely recommend those two places to go. And then number one, I think just for the novelty of it. So this was the one place, the one place that I wanted to put on my list that I traveled to in 2016. The last four, I just traveled to all of them this year and for multiple times, honestly. Berlin, I was there twice. Lisbon, just there. New York City, I've been to a million times, so that doesn't really count. But this number one is Hong Kong, China. Or Hong Kong, there's a whole debate on whether it's still part of China, because China technically owns it, or it's Hong Kong its own country. But either way, Hong Kong was amazing. And I went there with my brother in 2016, and I think he's usually one that I travel with, and it's both of our top places we've been to. It's just, uh, it's just so different than anywhere that I've been to in Europe or South America or definitely the United States. But at the same time, super modern, and a lot of people still speak English, not everyone, but you could definitely get around only speaking English because that's, I mean, I, I, that's all we spoke. So really the only, the only time we had an issue with that was we uh, showed up super, like our flight was all day long. We didn't, it's a 13-hour flight, and we didn't get in until about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And we showed up at the hotel, dropped off our bags, and asked the uh, people at the hotel if they had any suggestions. And they spoke English fine, so it was easy to talk to them. But they suggested this place down the street where the place, anyone that worked there, anyone that went there, apparently no one spoke English. So we just ended up ordering things. The only things that we ordered were ones that had pictures on the menu. Um, and even then, we kind of screwed up because one of them, we thought we ordered chicken, but it was literally just chicken parts. So usually you're e used to eating like the chicken breasts, like the nice nice white part, I guess. Uh, and then we got chicken parts, like the feet and the butt, which is honestly the best part. Um, and just random parts of the chicken that you just usually don't eat here in the United States. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, it's a good story, I guess. It wasn't the tastiest thing in the world. I wouldn't recommend it. But it's just like that type of vibe, like being going into an unknown location and trying to figure a way out is I think one of the most exciting parts of traveling it's that and meeting new people and that's what made my trip to Lisbon so great because I met so many people I was in Hong Kong with my brother so I wasn't as inclined to meet new people but we still went into the central location of Hong Kong where a lot of the expats live so Hong Kong is a huge finance sector of Asia, probably, the, I think, the largest one of Asia. Um, just like New York City is a large finance section of the United States, um, a lot of people that work in these huge financial companies are from the United States or from, there was a ton of people from London, specifically, that lived in Hong Kong because they worked at these huge banks, and they would live in, live and work in Central, and that was a really cool section as well, but just the fact that you could hike up the mountain and see the entire city. You would have the mountain, then the city kind of crawling, creeping up the mountain. And then once you get to the, through the whole city, you got this beautiful blue water. So within like a couple square miles, it's such a small area. I, kind of like how New York City is on an island 
uh, the Manhattan, the Manhattan, <laughs> Manhattan, uh, times that by like 10, and that's what Hong Kong is, and more beautiful because the, the mountain is covered in trees, and you can hike up the mountain and see the whole city skyline. I think the third day we were there, we just hiked up the mountain not knowing where we were going. I think that's the best way to do it. And we found ourselves on top of the mountain right before sunset. And there's a bunch of restaurants and there's a bar out there right on the edge. And literally just sat there with for three hours. I mean, usually that's a lot of time to drink. But I think I only had one, maybe two beers. Just because I was just enjoying the sunset so much. And I guess just taking in the moment. Which is, I feel like I have one of those quote-unquote moments on these top five places that I've been some point in the trip where you just kind of pinch yourself and like this is where I'm at right now and I'm halfway across the world actually I'm on the way if you're Hong Kong you're on the complete opposite side of the world and you know no one here and you everything is new and that only happened once and I, I think that's one of the greatest things about travel and why I try to pursue it as much as I can so that's my top five. Um, I want to go into three separate trips that I have planned for this year that I'm super excited about. And I'll start off, I'll, I'll stay in Asia. And since Hong Kong is my number one, I as soon as I left Hong Kong, this des- next location became my number one bucket list item. And that is to go to Tokyo. I feel like Tokyo is, it's, you think Hong Kong's another world. I think Tokyo is its a completely different animal. Huge city, again, and such a different vibe. And I love sushi, so why not? Uh, so Tokyo, the combination of Tokyo, Osaka, um, some of the other cities, and then Seoul, South Korea is going to be one trip for me. And I'm trying to go with a couple of friends, so I'm super excited about that one. I just love being in completely different destinations. You learn so much about other people and yourself when you're kind of put in that situation of not knowing anyone or anything or how to communicate with anyone. Or You don't even, in Tokyo and Hong Kong, you can't even read, read the damn signs. So you can't even try and translate it in Google or anything. So there's something about it that's super exciting to me. And then, so, my number one location this year is Tokyo and uh, Seoul, South Korea. So, if you have any, any suggestions there, I would be open to uh, hearing anything you have to say. I would love to hear it. And number two, I'm kind of going back to one of the locations on my list. So, for my number three, I had Lisbon. And I kind of put, I was going to put, like, hat slash Barcelona and slash, like, the whole Spain-Portugal area. But that's kind of cheating. And it's one of my locations this year. So uh, I love Europe. I feel like you could get super cheap flights there. Uh, when I went to Copenhagen with a friend last year, I got a round-trip ticket for, I believe, $325. Um, and that's really the only reason why I went to Copenhagen. And you could definitely find them in Portugal, Copenhagen, or Ireland, or London, I really any of the major cities you could find some cheap flights, but you just have to keep an eye out. Nor- Norwegian Airlines is a big one that uh, always has some cheap flights. Um, so my next show would be the whole Spain Portugal region. 
where I want to go back to Lisbon. I want to go to Porto. Um, Algarve, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I hear it has amazing surfing, so I just want to enjoy the summer weather. Uh, Madrid has been on my list. I want to go back to Barcelona. And then I think the Forbes top location of 2018 was Sevilla, Spain. And that was, I was kind of disappointed in that because now it's going to be super packed this year. But that was on my list from, I think, last year, the beginning of last year. And I just never made it there. So that whole trip is going to be, that's going to help be a whole trip for me. Just that Portugal, Spain. It's just awesome vibe. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Lisbon, Barcelona, my two favorite locations of all time. We're two different trips. Um, so, yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. I'm super excited to go back. And then number one, I, well, this isn't any order, but the one I'm probably going to go to the soonest is uh, Colombia or Ecuador, kind of like that that northern South America region, Central America region. Um I've just heard some great things about Colombia and how it's super cheap. So some of these locations I could actually make more money if I Airbnb my place and go traveling like I did last year uh, because it's just so much cheaper to have an Airbnb in Colombia and Bogota, Cartagena, Medellin. I want to try all those places. They all have different vibes. Medellin is, I believe, the one. I haven't done all my research, so don't quote me on this, but... Uh, it's in that perfect mountain uh, area where it's kind of the same temperature all year round. I believe it's nicknamed the City of Eternal Spring. So, I mean, who doesn't want to always be in spring? That just sounds amazing. And then Cartagena is on the water. I hear it has some decent surfing. Uh, and then I met some people from Ecuador a couple of weeks ago, and they said they have awesome surfing, so it's right next door. And why not go? Uh, maybe I'll add Costa Rica or Mexico City to that trip. Now you're getting kind of far, but from the United States or from New York City and Philadelphia specifically, or even if, if you want to get the best uh, price flights, go to Miami first. You get a cheap flight to Miami and then go fly out of Miami like the next day, stay there for a day, and then Miami to Colombia or to Costa Rica super cheap flights i think i found found some for a round trip like 250 dollars um so some of the there's some really good deals to be had if you just look in the right places be creative and i think the the best uh advice i have on finding cheap flights um this could be a whole podcast on its own a whole the best way to find cheap flights is be flexible on dates i know i'm a little privileged in that I work for myself, I do freelance, so I kind of have that flexibility, but you're going to spend almost twice as much every single time if you're if you're flying home on a Sunday or Monday, and then or flying in on a Friday or Saturday, or I think Friday or Thursday, um, but it really all depends on the location. If you're flying in when most of the people else want to fly out after a holiday or after a specific day and trying to get that weekend, then... Um, it's going to be almost twice as much. It might be cheaper to stay a little bit longer if your work can allow that. Um, so, yeah, those are my three trips this year and then my top five destinations that I've been so far. Uh, I don't, I didn't want to cover any places on my top five that I haven't been because that's a little biased. I probably would put Tokyo on there, but I have to go there first to experience it for myself, and I want the top five to be my opinion. There are always sometimes there's some places that you have super high expectations and they just don't live up to it. 
and sometimes you have no expectations and it's pretty easy to exceed them. So obviously it's going to be different for everyone. Take it for what it's worth, hear other people's opinions, and that's mine. And hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have any suggestions for the places I'm going this year, I'd love to hear it. And any suggestions in any topics around traveling or coding, developing cryptocurrency that you want to hear, please let me know. So that's episode three of Traveling Developer, and tune in next time.